Hi, I'm Kendall Gilding and welcome to My 30 Minutes with Andy Goulet. Andy may not be a household name, but there is a chance he's been in your house on your TV over the last two decades talking about the annual week-long party that is Schoolies. And that's because he's affectionately known as Boss Frog, or more formally as the founder and director of Red Frogs Australia. So how did a young accountant with a skateboard in one hand and some Alan's lollies in the other start a global movement to keep people safe while they party at school? universities, sporting events and music festivals. Stick around to find out in My 30 Minutes with Andy Goulet. Well, welcome Andy. It is so great to have you here in my home. Mate, fantastic. Honoured to be here. Honoured to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much. Tonight actually should have been a really special night for you. Every year, Red Frogs hold a charity gala dinner. You must be devastated. Like so many other things have been impacted by coronavirus, you can't get 500 people together to raise money. Yeah, look, and just getting the 500 together, it's such a celebration of all the good work all the volunteers do at Red Frogs and celebrate our sponsors and supporters. It's such a special night. And yeah, look, and also, you know, so disappointing not to see you there as the host. You know, that's what we're most bummed about. I have been honoured to emcee that event for the last couple of years, but we actually met 13 years ago. I don't know what you remember of this night, but it was my 17th birthday and it was up in Cairns because I grew up there. I decided to have this massive party. I don't know why I chose to do this, but I decided to have a thousand people. We lived on a fair bit of land and I sold wristbands to the party. So you had to prepay $5 for a wristband. (laughs) So that's $5,000. With the money, I hired a stage. It was a truck that we used as a stage, a DJ, a band. We put portaloos in the backyard and I also got security on the door just to check people with their wristbands coming in. As a result, I invited a Red Frog crew from my local church and you're not even from Cairns, you're from Brisbane, but you randomly were in town that night. So you turned up to my 17th birthday. Mate, I have very fond memories of that. Uh, It was one of the biggest gigs in Cairns and as Red Frogs, we crashed parties. So naturally, I was gravitated there to that party. And I was just so surprised as a 17-year-old that you'd thought about security, uh, portaloos, systems, how, how to run a safe party. I was so impressed. And uh, and the frog team, and even getting red frogs there, they're the staple diet to every Aussie party. So yeah, look, I had to come and see this whole big uh, do. They absolutely added to the atmosphere because they were making pancakes, giving out frogs, giving out waters. And so they did really help with the safety of what was a thousand people. I should mention, I bought my first car with the leftover money. So I was a diligent girl with the, with the cash. A few months later, I went to the Gold Coast because it was, I was in year 12, so I was headed off to schoolies. That actually would have been your 10th year at Red Frogs. How did Red Frogs begin? Yeah, well, it began in Brizzy, uh, just looking after some local skaters in my area through my local church. And uh, working with them for five years, you really catch a heart for locals when you spend time and see some of the real challenges they face of young kids in my neighbourhood of, you know, just really dysfunctional families and drug and alcohol addictions and and working with these young kids seeing come out a lot of that. Uh, things like schoolies back in the day was an absolute threat to all the good work we'd done and seeing kids come out of drug and alcohol. And I just knew in one week, all that work I'd done for five years running youth clubs could be gone uh, just through 
the, the one punch incidents and drugs and alcohols that used to gravitate to Gold Coast schoolies. So uh, for me, uh, as a volunteer youth worker through my local church, uh, when my boys rang me and said, Ghouls, come visit schoolies, it was instant, of course I will. Uh, you, you need me down there and you need someone down there. And so went down and then uh, the rest is history, just saw the need and it just started to snowball ridiculously. You were walking through Surfers Paradise and you've seen just wild stuff. This is kind of when schoolies was really unregulated. Oh, look, back in the day, it was pretty feral. Like uh, it just attracted a lot of toolies and certain elements, uh, our most undesirable elements of our community come and prey on these young people and just really sad stuff. Schoolies being dragged into cars and assaulted in sand dune areas. And, uh, you know, there used to be these guys come down and fill up these long socks full of rocks and swing them around the crowds and king hit kids and just crazy, crazy stuff. So I just got the biggest, biggest admiration for the police and the response they've done, even the, the local council and then also the, the Queensland government and their response there to making that now a really safe event where it really wasn't back in the day. It was quite, you just, at one o'clock in the morning, you just get up on that overpass and wait for the fights to start. It was just, um, that, that was the local entertainment for the locals down there. Tell me about the origin of the Red Frog. Yeah, totally an accident. I didn't sort of expect I'd be known giving out, you know, lollies to students for a living, you know, that wasn't my life goal. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, when we, we, we approached a hotel manager uh, and I just actually really felt sorry for them with, you know, hundreds of teenagers in their building and they've got two security guards and themselves trying to manage just that many teenagers. And I just went up to the office window. I said, look, I work with youth. Do you want a hand? And that was famous last words that they dragged me into their premises ended up giving me like free rooms to stay in and then free food at their restaurants and they were just crying out yes please can you come help so we started our program was called hotel chaplaincy and we had teams of four that would visit parties and just go floor to floor finding kids passed out in stairwells and getting them back to the units and making sure they weren't doing crazy stuff on verandas and and just walking them home from the beach late at night, making sure the toolies wouldn't get them. But to get into the hotel rooms, we were struggling because they didn't know us. They didn't know who are these sort of people in sort of uniform shirts, but we don't know you. So we went down to a local corner store and on the counter was this massive box of these Allen's Red Frogs, a counter box where you buy them individually. And I was talking to this shop owner. I said, mate, look, I'm doing a bit of work up here. How much for these froggies? And he ended up giving me 10 bucks for this massive box of frogs. It's a water bargain. I just legged it straight back up to this unit, this big hotel and rocked into this, you know, prestigious level floor 13 will do. And as the doors opened, there was music belting through this door. And I just went, yeah, let's go to this one. This is schoolies. Knocked on this door and this little schoolie peers out and goes, who are you guys? I said, oh, Hotel Chaplaincy. He goes, Hotel what? I said, Hotel Chaplaincy. He goes, Hotel Security. I said, no, nah, mate, no. Nah. Do you want a red frog? And he goes, oh, red frogs, man, come on in, man. And it's like, we got frogs. And he just dragged me into this unit. And all his mates just went ape over these red frogs. And they just went ballistic. And then went to his mate's unit next door and actually raised his mates going, we got frogs. And they're coming up from downstairs. And I'm going, these things are amazing. Got on the phone straight away to workers, said, buy the Gold Coast out of red frogs. And we bought about 80 kilos from all the Woolies, Coles, Campbell Cash and Carries, they just got us straight in, all these parties we couldn't get into. So it was like the 
ultimate icebreaker and for Aussie parties you rock up with any free food they're just going to love you so from then it started with 80 kilos in our first year and then it turned to 220 the next year 440 880 1.2 ton now 24 ton a year including shipping them overseas to like UK and Canada. And so we started a frog plague. And uh, so Alan's love us. Alan's have been awesome in uh, donating those frogs and supporting our venture too, which is awesome. It's incredible to see the businesses that have rallied around what you guys do. Obviously, Alan's would be your biggest supporter, but other companies like Optus and now even electricity companies are coming on board because with this charity gala that was meant to be on tonight, you don't have the opportunity to fundraise the way you would normally. So you have to kind of be resourceful and have these partnerships. Absolutely. And I think that's the season is uh, really brings out the entrepreneurial spirit in you. And uh, also the the drive to survive is a good motivator there too. And, and we've been very blessed with a couple of our sustainable uh, charity projects that have funded frogs for many, many years. One is a charity mobile plan hosted by Optus through network communication stores. And uh, it's just under charitymobile.com. And they're stores that support the work of many charities, including Red Frogs. And what happens, you go get your latest iPhone, do your best deal on data. And then at the end of that, you go, oh, chug us on the Red Frog charity plan. And then 5% of your bill comes to Froggies, not from you, but from Optus itself. Uh, so it's amazing. So it costs you nothing to support Red Frogs. And that's been, that one plan has literally saved us during this whole crisis. That one plan has sustained the work of Red Frogs keeping on going. So I think uh, being inventive and, and creative is really important and getting away from just one funding source is very important too. Diversifying your base is critical to survival. On top of having, say, sponsors as a charity, you're largely run by volunteers. And when it comes to, say, a week of schoolies, these guys have to actually come to the Gold Coast with you. This can't be done in any other way. They have to be on the ground. And in a lot of cases, these volunteers, say, maybe a young professional, so maybe they're taking a week for the Queensland schoolies, maybe two weeks because they're going to stick around for New South Wales as well, off work. So they're taking annual leave they have to pay their own way to be there as well. What is it about what you do that means people want to buy into that and be a part of it at their own expense? Yeah, that blows me away every year. I rock up to uh, Gold Coast schoolies. We have 17 locations we do around Australia, including three islands in Fiji and Bali. And then there's teams local in South Africa and Zimbabwe do the similar schoolies thing. But blows me away rocking up to the Gold Coast seeing a team of 800 people that have done exactly what you've just said given up their time pay for their way to be there to clean up vomit clean up hotel rooms walk people home lose sleep it just blows me away absolutely blows me away because they're very passion driven they're very people driven that the the motivation is not money it's not they're not paid to be there and i think the schoolies catch that the schoolies really grab that they they you're not being paid to look after me you're looking after me because you care. You're looking after me because you actually, you know, give us stuff and and just absolutely blows them away. And I just can't speak highly enough of the volunteers that come down and, and the local churches that support it and, you know, the nature of, uh, you know, local churches. You know, quite often this is in media too, you see just a negative side of some pedophiles infiltrated a church or done something uh, and it reflects so the church has done it. No, no, no. An individual did that. An individual uh, 
did horrific things, but in, in the majority, it, churches are full of amazing people that undergird our social welfare systems, nursing systems, education systems, hospital systems, incredible amount of work. And for this group, incredible bunch of party crashes that uh, look after young, young drinking Aussies, uh, which is amazing. I've heard you say that red frogs want to be the fence at the top of the cliff, not the ambos down the bottom. Prevention rather than a cure is actually probably the pinnacle for most charities, even a lot of businesses and organisations. Your teams have been there at so many crucial times for people, literally saving their lives. Yeah, look, it's amazing and, and that's, that's exactly right. Be there just in time, not after time. And I've got the highest respect for what the AMBOs do, what organisations like Rosie's and Drug Arm and Salvo's and incredible, they pick up pieces of really broken lives. But we want to go one step further back and, and try to cut things off before they escalate into serious ODs and alcohol intoxes, sexual assaults to um, violence to a whole range of things. And I think if we can get there just in time, not after time. And, and that's for me, culture is changed inside out. Cultures change not from the outside in, but inside out. And so for us to infiltrate and influence those parties with 100,000 pancakes through a random acts of pancake crew and, you know, 24 tonnes of red frogs through Ellen's Red Frogs, um, it gets us in to be be a change and to be there at the right time where some bloke's so drunk he doesn't know which way to climb over the fence on his balcony where you go, no, mate, not that way, this way. And just being there right place, right time just stops so many dumb things from happening because when you're drunk you do dumb stuff and you just need cyber you need cyber people around you you need someone there to just point you in the right direction no mate no you don't talk to females like that buddy come on let's go have a kebab you know so it's just a someone a wise head around them just to direct them to avoid those tricky situations on top of schoolies the frog team help out at o week at universities you do music festivals, you're now at sporting events, so we'll see you in the Gabba when there's cricket being played. There's a whole different array of places that you guys are at to protect people. Music festivals being one of them, I read this testimony on the Red Frogs website and it blew me away. This girl says, I attended a music festival last weekend and it was the most horrific night of my life. If Red Frogs and paramedics weren't there, I wouldn't be here today either. I stupidly chose to take an MDMA pill for the first time, thinking, I'll be fine. What's the worst thing that could happen? 30 minutes later, my eyes rolled into the back of my head and I started hallucinating. I couldn't see because my vision was so blurry. I went straight to the Red Frogs tent, which is amazing that that's where she knew she could go because the Red Frogs team are a safe place. I spent over seven hours there vomiting and panicking, just thinking I was going to die. Throughout the night, I was fed food and water, but when I got up, I had a seizure. The paramedics took care of me then, but if neither of you guys were there, I wouldn't be alive today. How do you feel hearing those kinds of stories? Yeah, just amazing, like just those right place, right time moments. And um, also a big shout out to the volunteers that actually did that, but not only the volunteers, but I've got to give major a shout out to the the AMBOs, the event organisers. Without the event organisers, 
thinking about these solutions these days and having the right medics in place and ambos and security and harm prevention, things like us, you know, that, that would have ended very differently. So, uh, but again, it, it's crazy. You know, I see this at music festivals all the time. People pay hundreds of dollars to see some of the best artists in the world and they just lie on, on, a, on a medical tent for the whole time because they've t- taken drugs or gotten too drunk. What a waste of money. You know, it's really disrespectful to the artists too because they deserve good crowds in there too. But uh, but again, oh, look, amazing stories. Like the, it just blows me away. We really thank all those mums and dads out there and all those students out there and festival goers that actually give that feedback because that's so encouraging for our volunteers and really motivates them to, to keep volunteering. Such a good point. People do pay all this money to go to a music festival and then choose to kind of take drugs and not actually maybe truly get to experience their favourite artist. I always felt that way going to schoolies. I made a choice not to really drink when I was there because I didn't really want to wasted. And I was tired after finishing year 12. I wanted to kind of have a holiday. It's funny how it's meant to be this kind of week break, but everyone just gets so written off that they're exhausted. What change have you seen in culture over what has been now this is your 23rd year? Mm, yeah, very good. And look, there's so many more schoolies in that bracket now that that aren't drinking as much, that aren't drinking at all, even in some cases, where they're just looking to enjoy themselves and have a lot of fun. And, and that's our advice to schoolies is it's the last time with your mates from school. Don't, don't spend it in a paralytic coma for the whole week and you miss your mates. You, you don't even get any time with them because you've just been a goose and you can't even remember your week. But, you know, enjoy the week, you know, enjoy the week with your mates and, and your last hurrah from school days. But the trends are trending that way. We've seen really big culture shifts in uh, alcohol-related are actually dropping, which is good. And alcohol really is our most dangerous drug. I mean, uh, definitely drugs are on the increase and that's a worry to us. But compared to alcohol, it's still very minor compared to the damage that too much alcohol does do. Uh, So we're seeing some positive trends and we're really excited about that. On top of this role as the boss frog, you're also a husband married to Christine. You've got three kids. What does your family make of what you do? Yeah, it's been a great journey, I guess, you know, and, and for my little ones too. It's um, when my, my one of my youngest was at, at preschool, you know, and it was like, what, what does your dad do, you know, for work or what does your dad do? He goes, oh, my dad cleans up vomit for a living, you know, is his <laughs> response. So, uh, look, that's been really cool uh, for them to come on that journey and I guess see the reality of what too much drinking does, what drugs does, and I've never wanted to – hide my kids from that reality of the scene. I've wanted to expose it to them in a really uh, real way so they make up their own minds. And I've been really stoked with the decisions they've made. And my oldest is 23 now, second one's 19 and the other one's 16. And they're, they're making great decisions and they're, they're all such different individuals. And my daughter actually has done four years of Red Frog. So as soon as the building found out, you know, she was, you know, the daughter of Boss Frog, they called her Princess Frog in the in their building. So <laughs> she's, a, she's a mini celebrity as well at schoolies. Growing a charity is somewhat similar to growing a business. Your funding model is very different and instead of staff, you've more or less got volunteers. What would you say is the secret to the longevity and expansion of a brand? Yeah, I think it's uh, how you can sustain it for the long term is really important as well. Um, and and with that, I think it's all about relationship. Uh, like, for example, our sponsors aren't sponsors, they're partners in our vision 
and uh, they've come on the journey and a lot of our supporters are long-term supporters and I think one of the differences that we don't treat them like just sponsors, they're actually part of the journey. We've They've come down to schoolies, they've helped do walk homes, they come and get a part of it. We actually then go to their business and do our morning teas for their staff and, and feed back the data from our Red Frog hotline and whole things like that. So I think one of the key is relationship. And also one of our keys too is, is sometimes uh, when you do want to get someone on board and they don't quite get what you do and, and definitely uh, Alan's Nestle was in this uh, box because they didn't donate any frogs for the first seven years and in the media I've been interviewed by, you know, Koshi and, you know, John Laws and they, and they'd always ask the question, do Alan's donate red frogs? And everything in me wanted to go, no, they don't, da 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 But I intentionally didn't bag them in the media. I just said, no, look, we've got schools collect red frogs for us, radio stations do red frog appeals. And I gave the politician answer, you know, answering with another sort of answer. And, but I intentionally didn't do that. And then eventually their marketing manager came from Nestle, saw what was happening, went, this is incredible, we need to support this. And now they're one of our biggest sponsors and bigger supporters. So I think one of the keys is endure short-term pain for long-term gain. Don't burn people in the short term. Just because you're not getting what you want, just because you think you deserve more, do not burn people short term because they could become your biggest assets in the future. And I'm so glad I learned that early and particularly, you know, not to, to speak positively about people as much as you can. Such a valuable lesson. I know even in my career, I've experienced that. You actually, the saying I always use is you never know who's going to be your boss one day because often there's people you've come through the ranks with as a journalist and turns out they end up the top dog one day. So it's so true. Well, exactly right. All those footy boys at school, you know, don't pick on all those nerdy guys. They could be your boss very soon. So uh, be nice to them. The CEO in the making. You've been doing this for over 20 years now. You could easily throw in the towel, maybe get a desk job as an accountant, since that's what you are. What's the why behind what keeps you going? Yeah, look, it's uh, definitely passion driven. Definitely um, uh, as you do something, stuff grows on you. Like uh, I worked full time as an accountant for seven years and did this part time and and I just did it little bit by little bit over weeks, over months, over years. And it grew, the passion grew, the vision for it grew, uh, the goals grew in it and you can grow into things well. So I think, and it becomes part of you, just part of who you are and your DNA as well. But again, just uh, getting to meet a generation is so exciting. Like schoolies to me are all our future leaders, doctors, CEOs, sporting personalities. And to get to spend time with the incredible leadership we have in our nation, with the incredible influences that are coming through, well, they're still 17, 18 is such a privilege. And uh, and you got to let things catch your heart, let things uh, really impact you so that can drive you to do bigger things as well. Otherwise, my my selfishness would take over and my apathy would take over and my, my normal nature of just watching test cricket, going surfing would take over and I wouldn't do anything. So I think letting things impact you is really important. When we talk about the growth of a successful organisation, be it a company, a charity or whatever, I do believe there's a real top-down approach. So what people see modelled at the top is really crucial to how that business or organisation is going to function. So I would say that with Red Frogs, you really are a big part of the success of this brand. I've had some colleagues describe you in three words and the three words to come up 
were passionate, which you've just talked about, that this is a passion for you, faithful. You have been faithful with this for over 20 years. But the last word was available. And I found that really interesting because when you are hugely influential, when you're successful, you're busy and really busy. Coronavirus, I imagine, means you've been more available than ever before because you can't travel. You're usually jetting around the state, the country, maybe the world. How do you maintain an availability to people when you're so busy? Yeah, I think it's uh, the power of little is great. And it's the little things you do for people that mean a lot. And it's not at the big amount of time. And it's the little hello, the little conversation, the little text message you do, uh, the, the little act of kindness you do can make a big difference in people's lives. And little things over a long period of time become big things and uh, big impact. And so for me, it's mastering the power of little. And even for events, like for example, O Week, we have 70 events just in Brisbane and 400 events nationally. And so in those 70 events in Brizzy, I was able to drop into about 23, 25 of them, uh, which is about three or four a night. But all I did was drop in for half an hour here, half an hour there, encourage the team, say good day students, just be available. And I think those uh, little bits of availability, and as a leader too, it's good to see the ground route. It's good to see the ground, uh, what's happening on the ground and getting, keeping your finger on the pulse is so important. I think that you can make dumb decisions at the top if you don't know what's going on at the ground level. And so to, to keep yourself available in that space is so healthy for directional leadership. Just like how you dropped into my 17th birthday unexpectedly. Mate, that was a cracker. Love it. Still remember that one. Colleagues tell me that you know your strengths, but you also know your weaknesses. And when we talk about weaknesses, people are often very prideful or perhaps insecure about that. They tell me that you're not insecure about your weaknesses and rather than shy away from them, you just equip yourself with people that can fill those gaps. That's actually a philosophy that someone like Richard Branson from Virgin lives his life around in terms of leadership and business. How important is that? Oh, you got to know where you suck. You got to know where you suck. And I, I suck, you know, at admin. I suck at managerial. I, I suck in so many areas. So I get really good administrators in really good management people around me. Really opposite skill sets are so important because it's about a team and it's like a footy team. You don't just recruit all forwards, you know, the backs would run around you and score tries. You don't just employ all backs or the fours that run straight through you so different people have different roles to play but it's you gotta know to stay in your lane and that's one thing i've learned to stay in my lane to do things i'm good at doing and where i'm not get others to do that and empower others to do that and i think that got a philosophy you can do anything you want in life if you include others you can achieve anything you want in life if you include others because your dreams and visions aren't actually for you. They're actually for others as well. It's about championing them even bigger than yourself. And I guess the, the other key point for me is learning the art of being second, that, that put others first, champion others around you and you can achieve a lot more. So the art of being second is such an important critical thing to, I guess, the success of Red Frogs. Coronavirus has thrown a huge curveball in all of 2020. It's hard to know what the future holds for us, but what do you think Schoolies is going to look like this year? 
Yeah, look, great question. We think schoolies will go ahead because they won't keep the hotel industry shut for that long and really their contracts with the hotel accommodation sector. And so the only thing we think could be in threat is the dance parties on the beach, the big gatherings there. So it might be back to old school days, 1997 OG Red Frogs in uh, just us in the hotels and that's it. So uh, anyway, we'll wait and see, but I think, I think schoolies will go ahead. The dance party is so important in terms of what you guys do in protecting kids though, isn't it? Oh, you're dead right. The diversion activities are critical to get them out of those hotel rooms and it just stops about three to four hours of drinking and it's such a critical part of the response. So it will be devastating not to have that. But again, you know, we'll roll with it and I think the schoolies are getting better and better. So they're easier to manage these days. Andy, thank you so much for joining me for my 30 minutes. For anyone who would like to donate to Red Frogs, as we heard, their usual fundraising has been put on hold. So I'll put a link in the show notes. I know that they would love your support. Thank you so much, Andy. Thank you so much.